Next on BYU Sports Nation, Cougar basketball drops 112 points at Stanford. And I'll have the college basketball experts taking notice how BYU Hoops has just begun a season of big-time opportunities. BYU TV analyst Blaine Fowler on how BYU football can still make this a special season. And senior cornerback Mike Haig recounts the favorite plays of his six-year career at BYU. Plus, BYU women's soccer going dancing. The NCAA tournament run opens Friday in Provo. The West Coast Conference champs sound off. Let's go. And now, live on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio, it's BYU Sports Nation with your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Tuesday, November 12th, a rise and shout after some Monday night magic in Palo Alto, California. I'm Spencer Linton. Jerem Jordan sits to my right. Wave, Jerem. You waving? This, this is radio. You waving? This, it, when this is on TV, which it will be. You should You'll still, be able to see me. You should, still, you should wave still. All okay, right. he's waving. Thanks, Jeremy. Uh, wherever and however you may be listening, thanks for making us at BYU Sports Nation part of your day. NCAA tournament time for women's soccer. Weber State coming to Provo on Friday at 5 p.m. BYU TV currently negotiating with the NCAA to broadcast Friday's game. BYU basketball, oh, by the way, all the buzz on the national scene. What One, a game. 112 points Woo! at Maples Pavilion in Palo Alto. Yeah, that'll do that for a team. Stanford had not given up over 100 in a non-overtime game in 28 years. What's crazy is BYU missed a ton of free throws. Could have been 120. Could have been 120. I, I went back, just because I love this kind of thing, and, and tried to find the last time BYU scored that many points against a team currently in the Pac-12. 1966. BYU did something crazy. And the most points in the Dave Rose era. That was amazing. Uh, you summed it up pretty much there. Can you think of another word? You, Everyone out there, you pick the, the superlative or the adjective to describe what happened last night. Shot after shot after shot going down. Tyler Haas, 31. The, uh, sorry, the yeah, the 31st time he's gone over 20-plus. Man, just crazy. Tuesday reminder, you can listen to BYU Sports Nation every weekday, noon Eastern, 10 a.m. Mountain on BYUradio.org, the BYU Radio iOS app, Sirius XM Channel 143, and Dish Network Channel 980. That show, on demand every day on BYUradio.org. You can catch the rebroadcast each day at 7 p.m. Eastern on BYU Radio. And speaking of rebroadcast, Jerem, very quickly, remind the people how they can see what happened last night. I'll do it at normal speed. There's no reason to go quickly. Uh, 10 p.m. Mountain Time tonight, uh, midnight Eastern, <laughs> BYU and Stanford, the rebroadcast from ESPN2. Watch it uh, on BYU Television. You're going to watch? I'm going to watch. I want to watch again. You know what I'm going to watch tonight? I'm going to watch the fantastic matchups uh, as the ESPN College Basketball Tip-Off Marathon finishes. Jabari Parker of Duke against oh, Andrew Wiggins man. of Kansas. It's going to be sick. You know Jabari saw 112 last night with BYU. Everybody did. That, well, I just remind you how you listen. The many platforms. We want you to join the conversation, more importantly. Send your tweets to at BYU Sports Nation. Tell us where you're tweeting in from. Like and comment on our new Facebook page and weigh in on our daily poll question. We really want to hear from you, and especially today, across all social media platforms. So the question is, what nickname should we give the BYU basketball team? So I've had some people <laughs> say, hopefully champions at the end of the year, or why? They're Cougars. We're, we're having some fun here. <laughs> what is the nickname we should call them? But they're the Cougars. Jerem, but wait a minute. I so I heard one last night that I thought was fun. Run TMC, as li- in Tyler I Matt, like and then Collinsworth. So, and then I came up with one. Utah County All Stars. <laughs> uh, no, uh, the, the other one. Go fast, go hard. Hoopsters. Yes, that's my favorite. Okay, uh, that is my favorite. At Laser Sheep said the anti slackers because they get out and run. They're great. <laughs> Oh, please send Way your in. send yeah. your other bits of cleverness. We we, ex- we appreciate everything that comes in. So uh, get clever, get editorial. Send them to at BYU Sports Nation. Another rise and shout, my friends. It's time for what's trending. What's trending in BYU Sports Nation? Topic one. Carpe diem in Palo Alto, BYU basketball. Absolutely seizing the national spotlight. They they did what BYU football had hoped to do against Wisconsin on Saturday. It's very early in the season, yes. But you knock off Weber State, who I believe is going to be the Big Sky champion. Good basketball team. They'll be in the tournament. Yeah. They're gonna they're gonna I think they're gonna make the NCAA tournament. Stanford 
always tough at home. Pac-12 opponent. It's really a gauge to see where BYU is right now. They go 100-plus against the Cardinal. And as I mentioned, it could have been 120 very easily. Tyler Haas uncharacteristically missed, a, missed more than a few free throws. 9 for 13. Yeah. Uh, usually that's, that's 12 for 13, you know. But regardless, huge win. Just saying it, it could have been more than 112, and that is crazy talk. Yeah, BYU gives up 103, but who cares? They scored 112. What, what a great win. What a great win. Weber State uh, was a game where BYU built a huge cushion, and then Weber State made a run, and uh, BYU able to win that by 9. Similar thing here where Stanford makes a push at the end, but BYU was up by 19 at one point, so it's fine. 31 by Tyler Haas. Tremendous. Uh, Matt Carlino played well. We'll dive into the individuals in a moment. But the stage was there, and BYU answered. And guess what? BYU and Eric Mika were trending nationally last night. That's what happens when you're on ESPN2 in this college basketball tip-off marathon. A couple months ago, this game was not on the schedule. ESPN reached out and said, Hey, BYU, do you want to play a game at Stanford in the tip-off? And BYU, I think in .8 seconds, said yes. So BYU went and won this game. What are people saying about that game is, is what's awesome. Because to me... Playing, playing that type of game last night is like a football game on a Friday night. Everyone's Every, watching. Everybody was watching. Or if they didn't watch, they heard about it. I know it started at 11 p.m. Eastern time, so not everyone on the East Coast was watching it. But guess what? This morning, tweets have come out. Stuff like uh, Jay Billis talking. Jay Williams of ESPN. BYU's Tyler Haas and Matt Carlino making a statement versus Stanford. Seth Greenberg, ESPN, who did color commentary on the game. BYU has a chance to challenge the Zags this year. Haas Carlino, the return of Collinsworth, and a special freshman in Mika. Yeah, Greenberg also said, uh, really, the, the Cougars are for real. And going back to Jay Billis, Jay Billis is a very notable college basketball expert if, if you're new to the game. He said BYU has skilled passers and shooters, and BYU pushes the ball up the court. That team can score at all positions. Impressive. How about Andy Katz of ESPN? West Coast Conference, the early winner for most impressive conference during the marathon. They're 15-0, and by the way. BYU's offense back after a brief hiatus against Weber State. Hard to argue after 112 points. Those are the, guy, those are the guys. Yes. And so BYU is a household name in terms of, hey, look how they can play. BYU can play that way. We knew that this team would be better than last year just given the talent on it. BYU would improve. But the fact that BYU played so well so early is just so positive for this team. And here's the thing. BYU has more games like last night on the schedule and and soon. Next Wednesday, BYU hosts Iowa State. Huge game at home. On ESPNU. Huge opportunity. The next uh, five days later, Texas on ESPNU. The next day, DePaul or Wichita State. Wichita State went to the Final Four. Shockers won last night. They're 16th in the country. couple days later, Utah State. New in the Mountain West, a, a good team, a rival of BYU's. That's on BYU TV. December 7th, Massachusetts, home of Marcus Canby. And then December 21st, at Oregon. So BYU has a really good non-conference schedule. Good enough to where their resume can be tremendous coming out of non-conference. And then whether you win the, the WCC or not, you're in and you could have a decent seat. A lot of times we've talked about BYU... Get sliding into that eight or nine spot, and that's just a terrible spot to be in because even if you win, you're playing the one seed. That's the next a really game. hard game. You want to be like the six. I think BYU can slide up with this with this uh, schedule and resume to a t- kind of a, a six seed if they can be competitive in the WCC and win a couple more like they did against Stanford. Well, what's interesting is it was only the second game of the season, but already. The national prognosticators had tabulated this game against Stanford as a resume builder. They use the term bracket buster, but it's too early to call it a bracket Way too buster. Early. And Stanford was an NIT team last year, second round. BYU was a fourth round NIT but team. BYU is a, a better team. It's still a quality victory Absolutely. given where it was played and how BYU did it. Yes. Trending national last night, you mentioned this, Jerem, BYU and Eric Mika. The freshman big guy, boy, he, he played with a lot of aggression. He played... With some serious motivation, it, it was nice to see him come out, and he competed like a man. He's 18. Did he look like an 18-year-old? No. Unbelievable stuff right there. All right, let's move this on. As much as I want to keep talking Cougar hoops, and we'll, we'll, we'll get to some more uh, in depth, but uh, let's keep it rolling. Topic two. A team win, yes, but 
Great individual performances. And I'm going to start actually with Matt Carlino. Tyler Hawes said that the team plays well when Matt plays well. And all oh, was that evident last night. Seth Greenberg, who who gave color commentary for the game on ESPN, started calling him Matty Basketball in reference to Johnny Football, which I thought was a bit of a stretch. But still, uh, he plays with a lot of swagger. His confidence is off the charts right now. I mean, he is he is a shoot-first point guard, and if he keeps doing what he's doing, I don't think anybody has a problem with that, including Dave Rose. Yeah, he's got to keep making shots at the same uh you know, it's the same pace. He was 8 of 16. 16's a lot of shots, right? So he, uh, Matt finishes with 26 points, uh, 3 assists. He did have 7 turnovers. It got kind of crazy at the end there. But uh, there was a point where Matt Carlino had 16 points in 13 minutes. He picked up two quick fouls in the first half, only played 5 minutes. But he, uh, he was tremendous in scoring the basketball. And I really like what I'm seeing from this BYU offense. It's different. It's totally different. There were times where it looked similar to last year, where BYU had the quick entry pass into Mika, and then they'd cut around it. They got a couple layups off that. Eric Mika finished with uh, two assists. But uh, it's a, it's a guard-oriented offense. It's this dribble handoff. It's don't shoot as many threes kind of deal. Although last night BYU did shoot 15, went 8 for 15. That was the key, too. When BYU was open, they made them. Anson Winder makes five threes last year. He had two. What was it? Two last night? Five threes all of last year, and I, then he makes two. I was just thinking that. An- Anson Winder, he was, he was huge. You know, he doesn't have a huge point line, but the fact that he's shooting the ball confidently, uh, the team he is— He finished with 10 points. Yeah. He goes double digits. Nate Austin, no hesitation from the three-point line. He's, 12 points, eight boards. He's seven feet tall. He's shooting the three like Dirk, like Dirk Nowitzki. Minus the leg kick. Yeah, minus the fadeaway leg kick, which is incredible. <laughs> uh, guys, that guy is something else. But still, Nate Austin shooting the ball with so much confidence, and it just fed everywhere, all over the court. The n- no hesitation, fluid ball movement. Uh, I can't remember the last time. I was trying to think, like, Okay, when was the last time I was watching BYU basketball and they're playing a team like Stanford on the road and I didn't feel concerned? I I felt like BYU was just in control the whole time. Uh, Maybe never. I couldn't think of another time. It was was that unique. BYU is a good team. And we knew they were good after the Weber State win because Weber State's solid. But that's let's separate Big Sky versus Pac-12, right? So to go into Stanford and play that way, it's the way they played. It's not just... It's not just that they won. It's the way they played. And to put up 112, you make some noise. Hey, style points matter. They do. Just winning, that's one thing. If you can win a certain way and play an exciting brand of basketball, this is what we've talked about with football. The three things to national relevance. Win, have star players, and have an exciting brand. Uh, check, check, and check. Yes! So what, So then what happens? People like Jay Billis, Seth Greenberg, Jay Williams, Seth Goodman, they're all talking about BYU this morning. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, if you want evidence uh, of, of those things and, and that it matters, <laughs> just reference what we just talked about, given uh, those, national, those national personalities at ESPN and so on and so forth. Okay, we're going we're gonna to temper the emotions just a little bit because the BYU football team entering senior day uh, against Idaho State, they're dealing with some concerns. Topic three. Cue the mash music. More incoming injured. Oh boy. You know, I, I mean, it's we we don't mean to make light of it, but seriously, with the the injuries that are building up, it it feels like an episode of Mash. This is crazy. Da, 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 da. This is nuts. BYU athletic trainer Jeff Hurst on Spencer Hadley's recent injury, torn MCL, and uh, how he'll miss the next couple of weeks. Spencer Hadley has a torn MCL. Uh, everything else looked good on the MRI, so we're we're hoping that in the next few weeks we can progress him to a point to get him back on the field. He's he's going to be kind of a, a day-to-day, week-to-week guy for a while. He's pretty sore right now, but good news is it's not surgery. Um, we're not dealing with anything, you know, eight, ten months. I asked Bronco Mendenhall in a one-on-one a few weeks ago what the most difficult part of being a head football coach is, and uh, injuries came up. And then uh, seeing the hurt and disappointment on the players' faces when they realized they, they can't go. And you saw that immediately from Spencer Hadley on the sideline. He knew something was wrong, and he buried his head in one of those side benches. And it, uh, that's rough. That's rough on everybody, on teammates, on uh, the whole feeling of the team, the atmosphere. And then for a coach to have to look at his player and say, you know, I'm proud of you, but you can't go. That's terrible. 
Yeah, and you need Spencer against Notre Dame. You don't need you don't need a lot of the guys against Idaho State. So that's that's disappointing and hopefully Spencer gets back soon. That's the thing. Jeff Hurst also on Mitch Matthews, key wide receiver, who it didn't look like it was that serious an injury, but they said he'll be done for the day. They reevaluated, and it turns out that uh, Mitch is going to need surgery. Mitch Matthews injured his shoulder pretty significantly in in, in the game against Wisconsin, fell on it, and and is going to have to have surgery. And we'll just see how he does if that happens this week or next. uh, You know, we'll just see what we need to do. But he's it's it's something that's significant. He needs to get it fixed. We don't know the specifics of what actually happened. Uh, my initial thought is maybe it's something like happened to Sam Bradford when BYU played Oklahoma and Colby Clawson hit him and, and drove him into the ground. I don't know. We're, we're stretching. It doesn't really matter. All we, What matters is Mitch Matthews is out for the year with a significant shoulder injury. So another huge blow. Yeah, that is a huge blow. Other ones of note, Devin Mahina tied in an abductor muscle injury. Uh, not sure how long he's out. Riker Matthews. Neck injury, hopeful for a return versus Notre Dame. Brett Thompson had a hip pointer in the pregame against Wisconsin. Did not play. My kid's having terrible luck in the pregame. He's poked in the eye a couple of weeks ago, misses the game. You know, has a, has a How about squir- the, bruised retina or whatever. Maybe, maybe stay away from everyone else <laughs> in the pregame or something. That's no good. Man. And then, of course, J.D. Falslow still out with a broken hand uh, for two or three more weeks. So it's getting to be that point of the year where you're a little banged up. This is not a bye week, but it's a competitive bye week. So uh, BYU can rest some guys and prepare for uh, maybe the biggest game left on the schedule, Notre Dame. Very quickly, what nickname should we give the BYU basketball team? We go to Twitter, at underscore quick. I'm calling it now. Matt, the Mad Hatta Carlino. Okay, that's an individual. Right. We're, talk- st- we're talking but team, but, but still, still pretty good. Still pretty good. Um, let's see. Oh, I, I like this one. At Laser Sheep uh, weighs in again. Fi run and gunna. <laughs> Playoff Dave Rose. Fi yes, slam Yes, that is fantastic. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, we talk to the old man. Well, he's not old, but but still. Yes, Rel- he is. Relative to the BYU football team. Mike Hay. What did he think of the defense's performance against Wisconsin? He'll tell us next on BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is BYU Sports Nation on the BYU Radio Sports Network. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan here. As always, you can follow us at Spencer underscore Linton and at Jerem Jordan. Join the show's growing Twitter following at BYU Sports Nation. Did you miss the Stanford BYU basketball game or do you want to see it again? I want to see it again. You're in luck, Spencer and other people. The game will be rebroadcast tonight on BYU TV and BYUTVSports.com at 10 p.m. Mountain, midnight Eastern. A little midnight madness for the East Coasters, right? What a, what a game. That was, I mean, there are certain games like Houston football and then Stanford basketball that you just go, instant classic. Yeah, that was, man, that was something else. I just, I could not Please get, don't be the best game of the year. I could not get over how many shots they made. And the way that Tyler Haas hit some shots that I was just like, uh, flashbacks of Jimmer. Wow. I mean, just guys in his face, hands all up in his face. Pretty good defense from Stanford, and didn't didn't matter. His degree of difficulty is higher than anybody else on the court. <laughs> He's awesome. I guarantee if you talk to Tyler, and this is because this is what he told me on Friday night at the Weber State game. Tyler, nice game. 28 points, man. Made it look easy. Yeah, I missed some shots I should have made. Uh, he'll, he'll come up with He'll probably be like, yeah, I, mean, I, I missed four free throws. It was horrible. Oh, uh, really? He, <laughs> by the way, he climbed... Um, he climbed up to 24 all-time in BYU history. Next guy up, Jackson Emery. I tweeted that at Jackson last night, and he said, but he won't touch my steals record. <laughs> Jackson, I think Jackson's going to have that one for a very long oh, time. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's ever going to break that. That was that guy, Someone at some point will, but he'll have for a long time. That guy made so many players look silly. Thief! Yeah, with his ability to steal the ball. What nickname should we give the current BYU basketball team? This from at... Natron seventeen. I don't know about the team, but I love Carlino's nickname as Maddie Basketball. Okay, here's the one that I love, and Aaron Evans, our audio engineer, is ready for this one. At Farley Rules, BYU basketball nickname: Boom Shakalaka, Boom Shakalaka, <laughs> or your home court. Because apparently it was 60-40-50-50 last night. Shout out to the fans that went to that game in Palo Alto. It was I, audible. I know Jeff Chapman was there. Uh, I know. Uh, Preston Darger was there. I know uh, P underscore Norton 
Huge guy on Twitter that travels to a lot of BYU games was there. So shout out to BYU Sports Nation that brought it uh, at, in Palo Alto. Dave Rose said on the postgame last night on BYU Radio that he, he was in the tunnel and he thought Stanford had run out. It was BYU. It was so loud. <laughs> when you can hear the awesome BYU, BYU. That, that's got to be the most annoying thing oh, in the world for man. road opponents. And so fantastic. Well done, <laughs> BYU Sports Nation. Well done. Let's clap, Jerem. Let's clap. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Get it going. Fantastic. Uh, last one from Twitter. What should we call the BYU basketball team at BYU Clark? The barber boycotting ballers in reference to Matt Carlino's uh, curly frock and uh, Kyle curly Cal- frock. I don't know. Wow. What do you call that? No, I'm not making fun. I think that's <laughs> tremendous. Uh, your wordsmith. Thank you. You know. Thank you, Jerem. I'm not even mad. I'm actually impressed. I, I cogitated what I was going whoa, to whoa, say. Whoa. Um. Anyway, uh, it's this. Kyle Collinsworth hair also fantastic, rocking the, a little bit of a little bit of the mullet. Hey, we're going to bring into uh, uh, the show our first interview. We spoke to Mike Haig, the literal veteran of the BYU football team, yesterday, and we asked the 26-year-old senior about the long, adventurous trek from 2006 to now in 2013. Just wondering how he felt about the football journey of his. I feel old. I mean, I, I don't. Think <laughs> you are old. I am old. Goodness, yeah, I'm old. It's uh, 06 was my first year. Now it's 2013. I've gone through about 10 positions now, and my body's breaking down. But I'm still <laughs> playing football, and I'm loving it. So. so many interesting questions for you. We'll talk about the black cleats in a second. But uh, yep. Let's uh, d- let's get the nicknames. Do they call you like Grandpa Hag or anything in the locker room or any of that stuff going on. You know, I don't get as much. Uh, stuff about being old from teammates as I do just normal people, regular friends that I have. And, um, yeah, I get the, Hey grandpa, how you feeling after the game? And, <laughs> Cause I am, I turned 26. Um, is that old though? Couple weeks that ago. Old? I don't think yes. so, but you're that guy. You're the BYU guy. That's 26. That's a true. Bit. <laughs> There's a lot of BYU guys that are 26. I just want to get that out right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But not a lot of them are out there running around playing against Wisconsin on Saturday. So are you the oldest guy on the team? Uh, I think me and Wani Unga um, graduated in 06 together, gotcha. but he's only been at BYU for three years. I've been here for like 20, so. What, what's the, yeah, the 87-yard run against New Mexico? Is U- that the great? UNLV. Yeah, or sorry, UNLV. You're fine. The, is that the greatest play you've had at BYU? Or do you put the, the sack against Houston I was going to say, the sack there? against Houston's got to be close. What's your best play? I would say uh, the sack meant more to me, just because... UNLV that year I was getting reps and I actually started that game but they kept me in because it was it was garbage time at that point but I was still in because like well do you put Fui out and Curtis wasn't playing that game that's why I was starting do you take do you leave Fui in or do you leave Mike in like let's be honest we leave Mike in and if we're going to risk an injury we risk an injury on Mike and I just took off running and that's I mean it was a cool experience but the sack at Houston was definitely a you know a good experience What's crazy about that play at Houston is I feel like they knew they knew what was coming. You were there for two seconds at the line. Oh, yeah, I like was they, jumping around. And they, the, the, um, John O'Corn, I think that's his name, yeah, the quarterback, yeah. he was super good at his cadence because there was a couple times where, you know, he'd look over and see me come in or, and then I'd, you know, give a U call to the linebacker or something. But on that one, I, Kyle was on my side and we weren't playing sides at the outside linebacker position that game. So... When Kyle's on the same side as you, I mean, it's really hard for people to to block Kyle, and they don't worry about blocking me. So I knew I was going to have a, a a clear path. I just knew I'd have to wrap him up because he'd escaped a bunch of sacks all game. So I was like, all right, here's my chance. So. What's your What's your mentality like? Is it like missile mentality? Like I'm gonna go get this guy. What What are you thinking right when you get to the line? Yeah, I'm I'm small and I'm scrappy. I'm undersized. I'm probably a little slow for being a Division One corner. Um, so with me, it's just. I better give everything I have, or I'm not going to make this play. Um, but I needed to make that play. That was a that wasn't a you know wasn't a question. I had to make the play right there. So in the in the uh, in fall camp, there were so many injuries in the secondary, and you've been asked, like you mentioned, to play multiple positions. You played running back, safety, and now corner. Have you played other? Am I missing anything? Yeah, there? the one that we I was actually planning on playing because I wasn't coming into the season I had a surgery a month before the season so my thought was come back against Virginia if I could and I was going to play nickel because I'm I, I didn't think I was going to be an every down guy and this actually this last game was the first game that I played every snap at boundary corner just because I've been 
the problem with not running for five months before the season is you pull a lot of muscles and you tweak a lot of things, especially when you're a grandpa, you know, like everyone says. <laughs> so, you know, I was, I, I planned on playing nickel this year and that was basically the role that I had, had accepted. And I said, yeah, I'm going to play nickel. I won't play boundary corner. I'll play some field corner. Maybe I'll play free safety. I can play cat. So I, I had no idea what my role was going to be. And now it's just, I'm still kind of everywhere. You know, I play field one play and the next play I'm at boundary and the next play they can put me in nickel. I don't care. So I think that's incredible that the BYU defense is performing at the level that it is, given that you and Sky Polvey are, are being asked to do a lot of different things. How challenging has that been this season to continually perform, perform at that high level and really have the expectation from your coaches to remain at that level, but to wear a lot of hats? Yeah, I mean, when Coach when Coach Howell, when we're in meetings and he says something, like a part of me looks at him and I'm like, like I was recruited as a safety out of high school, then I played <laughs> offense, and then I came over and played safety again, and now I'm playing corner, at, you know, at a Division One level. Um, number one, I hold myself to a high standard, so I want perfection. I want to play and I want to be great at it, and I want to, you know, I don't want to disappoint people, and I don't want to disappoint myself. So when he says, you know, wear a lot of hats, I just we, I think we both accept that role, me and Sky, because Sky is one of those guys that can just play anywhere he wants. And uh, luckily, we bo- we both have kind of the build to be able to play a few different positions. Where you know we're bigger, we're stockier, but we still have that quick side to side. And so, hasn't been hard. Learning the positions was probably the hardest thing, and then just technique and that kind of thing. I mean, you can still see it against Wisconsin. There's a lot of things that I need to be better at as a corner, um, breaking on balls you know trusting myself that's the biggest thing because the safety i get to sit and come forward corner i have to make sure that no one burns me deep while i'm backpedaling you know so it's a whole different ball game so it's it's improving every week and shaking my head at coach and saying yeah you're right i do need to be a good corner and perform the way you want me to mike haig joins BYU sports nation sixth year senior and uh a valuable piece of that defense this season. When you look at the schedule that BYU's played, you knew Wisconsin was going to be one of the best teams, if not the best team on the schedule. How fun has it been to play this kind of schedule versus what you went through in in 06 and a couple other years where you're playing the New Mexicos and the UNLVs of the world? Yeah, I mean, as as one of the guys having experience on both schedules, there's not a, there's no question. And I, I, don't, I hope that doesn't offend anybody. Um, but there's no question which one I'd rather be playing. Rather than you know going to Laramie and playing Wyoming in November or going to Madison and playing Wisconsin, I, whether you're playing for a conference championship or you've already been invited to a bowl game like we have, I, there's no question. I you know because in, some in fans mind. some fans wonder if you know if there's not a conference championship, what are you playing for? So what are you playing for? There there's a lot that we're playing for. I think uh, you don't want to lose football games. We're extremely competitive we're not going to go on the field and you know we're going to go out there and we want to win that's what we're playing for and then especially this year I've got to say that the offense and the defense we're meshing we're playing well together and uh we go out there and we play for each other I mean if nothing else like I love Cougar Nation I love our coaches but those guys that are 18 to I'll say 26 because I'm the outlier (laughs) on the team I'm sure you put in 10,000 hours (laughs) but um but I mean, we go out and play for each other, and it's a it's a special thing. It's hard to put into words. Let's so. talk about that Wisconsin game. And Trevor Maddich, a notable ESPN college football expert, former BYU guy, 84 national champion, he told us uh, on our radio show that he felt like the BYU defense played really well, that they did enough to win the game. What was your take and the coach's take after the game, giving up 27 points? Did you feel like that enough was done to win that football game defensively? Well, I, obviously not. You know, there's a few things, there's a few key things that um, we all could have done better in certain positions. And I know I, yeah, I said I'm hard on myself. There were plays that I could have made. You said we only got to the quarterback once. There was one corner blitz that I went on that the, the running back shifted to the right. And I could have perhaps, I, I never want to take a guy out of a game, but I could have put a serious lick on their quarterback. And at the last second, he chipped me. And that would have been one of those game changers where I could have probably knocked the ball out. I could have done something like that um, and maybe had a a big change of possession or something like that. But I think we played well um, in certain areas, but obviously we didn't do enough to win the game um, and help our offense out enough. So 
What's the mentality like? Not only I know immediately after the game, it's really disappointed we had an opportunity, but now as you get to Monday and you've had some time to to process through the loss, how does the team feel now, and how do you feel going forward? Uh, I think today we we're going to break down Wisconsin film with our coach, so we uh, I I kind of get nervous, you know, going in because I just. I want to see what I need to do better, and then I've I've watched the film, but obviously, you know, coach will expose basically what we need to get better at, and then, kind of after my Monday's over, I put that game away, and then, um, Idaho State prep starts, and I don't think about Wisconsin again. So, what's it going to be like, uh, literally this time for the last time running out of Lavelle Edwards Stadium after? Yeah, Six different seasons. Everyone always jokes with me because they think that I can keep getting years. <laughs> so they're like, there's got to be something in the NCAA rule book. Haley Steed, women's basketball player, she played a seventh season last year. Yeah, that's impressive. You should I talk mean, to her. Yeah, I don't know. My body can't take it this year. I've got too much going on. So, But um, it's going to be a special moment, and I, I wouldn't be rather doing it with any other group of guys. So. Mike Haig of the currently 6-3 and three BYU Cougars. He uh, runs out of the tunnel for the last time after six really entertaining and up-and-down years uh, in a BYU uniform. We wish you the best uh, against Idaho State and moving forward against Notre Dame and Nevada. Thanks. I appreciate that, guys. 26 is not old, people. It's Provo old. Yeah, that's, that's probably the correct That's term. the difference. <laughs> it's not old. It's not old. Oh. Well, on this team it is, but Grandpa Haig. Generally. What a good guy. Class act and uh, really has proven to be a key part of that BYU defense. Here's what I loved about that interview. He he realizes what he is. He said, I'm a little undersized and probably slow for a Division One corner. But he's doing the best he can, and that's what has been asked of him throughout his career. Play whatever position you can to help this team. And uh, due to injuries, a guy like Mike Haig is playing corner. And he makes a couple big plays now and then to help this BYU defense. Can't, uh, that play against Houston was was enormous. Man, good stuff. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, more of your tweets. What should we call the BYU basketball team? We need some clever nicknames. Plus, Blaine Fowler joins the show. Why the football team can still put this together and make it a special season. You're listening to BYU Sports Nation. Stay with us. We'll have more BYU Sports Nation right after this. This is Nate Austin, and you are tuned in to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio. I am Spencer Linton. Jerem Jordan sits to my right. Tonight on BYU Radio, listen to the women's basketball game against UNLV live from Las Wages. I mean Las Vegas. Get that, Jerem? Catch that? Yes. Yeah, very good, man. 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Mountain Cougar Women's Hoops on BYU Radio. Hey, what nickname should we give the BYU men's basketball team? This coming from at Laser Sheep, the anti-slackers. <laughs> How do you feel about it? <laughs> Anti-Nephi-Lehi slackers. <laughs> at Stay Classy Matt, I always liked the choir boy assassins during the Jimmer Jackson days. Can you call them choir boys with those, those haircuts, though? What's that, what's that boy band that's roaming around uh, the Intermountain West? What is it? Beyond five. Beyond five. <laughs> we we need a spin off of that. We got we got to get a spin off of that. Oh. You just put the Lone Peak guys in there singing. That's all you do there. The one and only Blaine Fowler joins BYU Sports Nation now. Blaine, first question is an easy one. I'm sure you've been listening for the last few seconds. What nickname would you give the BYU men's basketball team after that performance against Stanford last night? I, you know what? I don't know that something that has to do with. Uh, Keeping the pedal to the metal, like, you know, foot on the accelerator. I don't know. We've got to come up with something because they just had no restraint last night whatsoever. They just pushed and pushed and pushed the basketball. It was crazy. I loved it. And and they were on attack all night long. You know, we, we had a feeling that this guard line was going to be aggressive, that they were going to be, that they were going to be good, and that they would not attack. But... I mean, they even surprised me how aggressive they were last night. And it, and it didn't matter who was in there. They pushed the ball. They attacked the front of the rim. If you didn't stop the basketball um, defensively, which Stanford did not do, uh, then they were going to get to the rim or they were going to break down the defense and dish. It, it was an impressive performance, especially offensively and especially in transition. I think, you know, at the end of the game, uh, they got a little sloppy defensively. I saw a lot of Ole defense and some slow rotations at the end when it was in hand, and which is a good thing because I think now Dave Rose and, and Mark Pope and the gang can 
go look at the film and say, hey, we've got a lot to improve upon, especially on the defensive end in the last part of this game. But, but what a performance offensively. They were amazing. Blaine Fowler joins BYU Sports Nation. Part of our conversation, Blaine, has not just been that BYU beat Stanford or that BYU scored 112 at Stanford. It was that it was on ESPN2 as a part of the college basketball tip-off marathon, and it was big enough to where people on the East Coast, some of these ESPN analysts, college basketball guys, they have heard about this and are now noticing BYU. Yeah, I, I think it was a big stage. And Stanford, even though Stanford's going to finish probably in the middle of the Pac-12, you know, 5-6 is where they're predicted, it's still a quality basketball team that's very athletic, especially up front. They're, they're big guys. I mean, you saw it last night. They, they're very athletic. And, and I think BYU impressed people with their ability to match their athleticism. Um, and, man, Nico was impressive. I mean, he, he was good. He, Every time I see him, I get more excited about his skill set because uh, he showed us last night that not only can he run the floor, not only can he defend, and, and by the way, run the floor in a big, big way. So you're talking about a guy that's 6'10 plus that's running in the trailer and catching the ball in transition and finishing and doing all that. that that's outstanding, first thing first. But there were multiple times where he ran down, beat his guy back, hey, Got a, got a post up deep in the paint just because he hustled and then with his back to the basket showed us offensive skills, back to the basket skills that usually you wait till a guy's a junior to see. And so, man, what an impact he is going to have. And, and I love the depth that, that BYU has up front. I thought Worthington gave him good minutes. Josh Sharp gave him good minutes. Nate Austin gave him good minutes. So we knew the guard line was going to be good. And the thing I was most impressed with last night was that this, this front line is now looks like they're going to match the production of the guard line, and this is going to be a very balanced, very good basketball team. Blaine, while we have you on the line, we've, uh, we're, we've got Nate Austin waiting in the wings uh, from the airport, so we're going we're gonna to switch over to him very quickly. But first, I want you to tell me, uh, because you're a guy that's multifaceted as a basketball and football analyst, why should Cougar fans still believe in this football team now that they're kind of the forgotten story after all this hoops madness on Monday? Well, this, the team that they just lost to is a legitimate top-10 team. I know they're not right there, but we've got to remember that, that Arizona, the Arizona State debacle shouldn't count against them. They should only have one loss to Ohio State and be in the top-10. It's a legitimate top-five defense. So people shouldn't be discouraged by how they played. They played good. For them to beat Wisconsin on the road, they would have to have been great. And they weren't great. They just didn't make enough big plays, and they didn't get off the field on third down defensively enough to win that ballgame. But I thought they played solid. They matched up okay with them. And Notre Dame's not as good as Wisconsin. They're just not. They're not as well-rounded. They're not as physical. They're definitely not as good defensively. And so they're, they're still, if this team can win out, which I believe they can, I think they've got a great shot, and I think what happened with Wisconsin helps them to be prepared for Notre Dame. And they finish 9-3 and three and go to a bowl and get a USC or an Oregon State or a Washington and end up 10-3. and three. This will have been an outstanding season. So that's Let's not to jump off the bandwagon yet. That's just a very good top 10 team on the road that BYU lost to. Blaine Fowler, expert analysis on BYU Sports Nation. Thanks for the time, my friend. Fun to watch Cougar hoops and football. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you later. Thanks, guys. See you, Blaine. All right, we welcome in now to BYU Sports Nation from the airport. Nate Austin, huge part of that BYU win last night against Stanford, knocking down big shots from outside. Nate, what was going on with your team? Was was everybody just feeling super high, or what What happened? I, I don't know. You see, maybe off, maybe off was clicking on all cylinders last night. I mean, also we had some kinks towards that defensively, but it was just a big win. It was fun to you know get up and down the court. And we liked it because Stanford, we knew Stanford you know, from the get-go was going you know, to play at our place play at our pace and they're going to run with us and so we knew we'd be a high scoring game and we said that you know outscoring them at the end of the game nate austin joins byu sports nation from the airport i assume in san francisco is that where you are in san jose yeah san jose okay so nate austin at at what point did you realize in the game wow we're scoring a bunch and it's continuing to go <laughs> well there's i mean there's, there's a stretch in the second half where i think we went on like a little like eight to ten you know ten out run and i looked up we're up by 18 and you know we're looking at you know, 70s, 80s, like, you know, wow, we're, <laughs> we're actually playing pretty well. I mean, we were playing, you know, better than I thought we were, but 
um, on offense, I think we, I mean, I think, I mean, you know, a lot of credit to Stanford. I think they played, you know, really well offense as well. I mean, they, I mean, they scored well, 103, 104 points as well. And so, I mean, our, our defense wasn't as, you know, wasn't very good. You know, we, but we, but I think we did enough to win. And, um, but yeah, we, had, you know, a lot of big shots from a lot of, you know, a lot of players. You know, I think just about you know, each guy who got in there scored and, 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 and played well tonight or played well last night. Nate Austin on the phone from the San Jose airport on his way back to Provo, Utah very shortly. Nate, any basketball coach is going to find uh, some things to talk about, even after 112 points. And uh, Dave, that's what makes Dave Rose a great coach. But besides defense, did he say anything to, else to you, or, or was he more just pleased with the overall performance and the win? Well, I think the biggest thing was you know, at halftime there was you know, some things that we were you know, giving them that, you know, I think they had a lot of points off penetration, a lot of points from the foul line, you know, getting a lot of offensive boards. And so I think at halftime we, we really, you know, we talked about those things and made those adjustments in the second half. And I think in the second half we did a lot better job on the on the boards. And, you know, we, you know, focusing on penetration and, and things like that. So I think we made you know, big adjustments in the second half that really helped us, you know, to secure the win. One of those adjustments that stuck out was the way that you had to defend given the amount of whistles that happened in the first half. Uh, can you discuss what what you guys decided to do in the second half uh, because of how many fouls were called in the first? Um, I mean, yeah, like you said, it was, it was kind of unbelievable. You know, all the all the calls that were being made. I thought our whole team was going to foul out, but um, you know, Coach Pope and Coach Rose talked about how we, we, you know, we had to do is just play a little bit smarter. I think we were, you know, we're, we were, we had the effort. We were, you know, playing with the energy, and and, we, and you know, we guard guys, and then you know, and towards the end, we, you know, you know. Put our hands on them, and we you know, slapped down the ball. We could have you know, played smarter and kind of, you know, take take the impact with our chest, or or, or just be smart. And you know, if a guy beat us, just, you know, basically give him the layup and, and and play the next play. But you know, at halftime, you know, we just really talked about you know playing smart and, and just playing, you know, you know keep keeping the effort up, keeping the you know playing hard up, but just playing a lot smarter. And I think obviously there's a lot of fouls called in the half, but I think we were able to um, adjust a little bit more to the to how the refs were calling the game. How does that mentality and, and how to play defense uh, affect your team moving forward for the rest of the season? Um, I mean, I think it's I mean, obviously it's it's something we're, we have to learn to to deal with. Something we have to learn to you know you know be able to guard penetration without fouling. You know, be able to guard, guard guys in three point line without you know you know letting get into the the core of our defense without fouling. And, um, something we'll have to keep you know getting better at each day in practice, and something I'm sure the coaches will. We'll harp on in, in, in the next few practices and you know for the rest of the year, but um, but I, you know it's something I think we can't you know I mean it's obviously something we need to adjust to, but something we can't really you know focus on. It's something we have to you know go out there and play and, um, and let the refs call the game. Nate Austin of the BYU men's basketball team joins BYU Sports Nation from San Jose, the airport. Uh, six guys in double figures, Nate. Uh, that'll happen when you get 112, but you guys really distributed the basketball. Anson Winder has 10 points. You have 12. Mika has 12. Uh, what does that mean going forward that you have that kind of uh, weaponry off the bench? I think it shows that, you know, we have a lot of guys um, you know, who can score the ball. I think, you know, a lot of, even the, you know, the guys who didn't score as much, you know, like Josh Sharp or Frank, you know, the guys who can get going, you know, just as easily. You know, once they get their chance, and they're, you know, I think a whole team, you know, guys who can shoot the ball, who you know, who are aggressive enough to, to get points, and um, it, it just shows to the, I guess, the team we have. And um, you know, it, it was, you know, I think last night was just a fun game. You know, each guy you know, got in there, and it really helped us win, and you know, scored points or got rebounds. And it was just, a, it was just a fun team game uh, yesterday. Wrapping up with forward Nate Austin of the BYU basketball team. Nate, we've been uh, asking BYU Sports Nation what nickname they should give uh, the team this year. We've we've had some good ones coming. We've heard Run uh, TMC. We've heard the Provo All Stars. Uh, go fast, go hard, Hoopsters. What do you think, man? Do you uh, have, have you given your team a nickname, or have you thought about one? Giving my team a nickname, I have never even thought about that. <laughs> the Choir Boy Assassins was brought up as well. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty good name. Um, I, don't know, I think you might have to get back to me on that one. Okay, okay. Well, for now, uh, I think I'm I'm in favor of the Go Fast Guard Hoopsters or the Choir Boy Assassins. Are you okay with both of those, Nate? I, I like those. <laughs> <laughs> oh, last thing real quick. The uh, Halloween costume. Ronald McDonald. <laughs> yep. What? Where did that come from? Epic, dude. Uh, How well, did you get a really... seven-foot-sized Ronald McDonald costume? <laughs> I know it was creepy, but uh, no, it was for my, <laughs> adver- 
my advertising class, my teacher uh, offered us extra credit if we dressed up like an like an advertising character. So me and my girlfriend were just going advertising characters and Ron McDonald. You know, if we, if we get it together, it'll be creepy enough that it'll be kind of funny. And so we, we, we threw it all together. And she's actually pretty good at, at makeup. My my face paint. She found some of the some of the the costume stuff at the last minute, and so we were able to basically whip it together the night before. We, we put it together you know, the, the Wednesday night before in about two or three hours and put it on the next morning and it worked out pretty well. <laughs> if you <laughs> haven't seen it, I'm going to tweet it out to uh, BYU Sports Nation. That's, that's a fantastic job, and, and a nice shout-out to your girlfriend as well, the makeup artist. Very good. Hey, Nate Austin, thanks for joining us on BYU Sports Station. Congratulations on a great win, 112 points, and travel safely. Thank you. All right, coming up on BYU Sports Nation. After that, oh, yes, the Cougar Whip Around, plus today's Rise and Shout. It's meaty, I promise. And more of your tweets. This is BYU Sports Nation. We'll be back with more BYU Sports Nation right after this. Rise and Shout, Cougar fans. This is Taysom Hill, and you are listening to BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation on Beat to the Y to the U Radio. Oh, yeah. I know you love that, Jerem. Yes, my brother. <laughs> Let us rap. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here. We won't rap, but we'll whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Soccer. BYU will host Weber State in the first round of the NCAA Tournament yeah. Friday. The time and broadcast details are still being negotiated with the NCAA. Here's Coach Jennifer Rockwood and Chloe Coulihan yesterday. I think it's great for uh, the state of, of Utah. You know, we've all, all of us have a lot of Utah kids on our team. I mean, we're very familiar with all the Weber State kids. They're mostly all local. We've watched them play since they were probably U14. So they've got a great group of girls, girls that have played together for quite some time, and they're just coming off one of their best seasons in a, in a while. Uh, everybody wants to be home especially going into the tournament you know you feel confident you feel good about being home because you have your fans behind you you know you're used to playing there uh, and so uh, it's awesome I love it the winner of BYU Weber State will play the winner of Denver and Colorado and I was just told uh, BYU TV will know this afternoon if they get the rights to the game for Friday Women's Volleyball. Thursday night, the 24th-ranked women's volleyball team hosting Gonzaga at 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV. Cougars trying to get back on track after a tough loss against Santa Clara. That game also broadcast on BYU Radio. Women's Basketball. Today, the women's basketball team hits the road for the first time this season with an afternoon game against UNLV. Listen to it live on BYU Radio at 7 Eastern for Pacific. And a reminder, tonight, 10 p.m. Mountain Midnight Eastern, BYU against Stanford, what we're calling the Instant Classic, uh, will be rebroadcast on BYU TV. Enjoy. Can you tell me the last time BYU scored 112 points against a Pac-12 or even a Pac-10 opponent? Yes, 1966. Yeah, that's right. That's sorry, why it's an sorry. Instant Classic. The last time is 92, but 112 is the most points since 66 against a Pac-12 team. Uh, exactly. Exactly. I knew you knew that. That's why I asked you. But that's why it's an Instant Classic. you got to go all the way back. You can throw into the mix the Houston game. Also, BYU running for 550 yards against Texas. Instant classics. I'm not saying that the uh, BYU-Stanford game is one of the top 25 wins in school history or anything like that. I'm just saying, hey, it's an instant classic. It's it's one of those games that's really, really special and might stick out as the most special game of this year. I hope not. I hope BYU throws in a a Gonzaga win, a dramatic buzzer beater, an NCAA tournament win or two. Uh, But it was a great game. Hey, tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation, Jared Ward and Ed Eyestone from the BYU men's cross-country team. And, Jerem, you have 30 seconds to summarize what's going on. A really intriguing topic. So you've heard about the NCAA denying eligibility to student-athletes for competitions that they've had outside. A banana um, suit. Or Yeah, Jared Ward ran in a, in a 5K or something in like a banana suit a couple weeks after his mission and has been denied senior, his senior year of eligibility. BYU's ranked fifth in cross-country. If they had their best runner, Jared Ward, probably going to win a national title. He and his coach will be in studio to talk about that situation, which is making national headlines. And then Mike Kramer, the Idaho State football head coach, will join us as well. I mean, really? really? You're going to punish You're gonna punish a kid for that? There was a Mormon in Ugh. Georgia last week that this happened to, a Marine over the summer with football, Middle Tennessee, actually. Both appealed and got reinstated they got the eligibility jared ward has appealed twice and been denied twice we'll talk to him tomorrow good grief we still love you jared and that's why he's coming on BYU sports nation how about a rise and shout to tyler hawes 
31 points, 31st time he's gone over 20 in a game in his BYU career. Oh, and he's just a junior. And he was just named literally within the last five minutes to the preseason Wooden Award watch list of 50 players nationally. You can see why. Also, (laughs) the meaty half of our rise and shout, we're going to give two. Colorado University Athletic Promotions for taking a page out of Kansas State's book and delivering bacon as a way to get fans in 5,000 slices of bacon to students before Saturday's basketball game against Jackson State. 5,000. Is this a growing trend now? Kansas State did it for their women's hoops team. Honestly, we mentioned this last week. I've had bacon on the mind. Literally went and got bacon in the last two days. I've cooked bacon in the evening because we brought this story up. (laughs) My wife's like, really? You're making bacon at 9 p.m.? Yes, it's that good. It's Brenner, okay? It's breakfast for dinner. Brenner. Uh, What nickname should we give the BYU basketball team is our Twitter question today. I I was just thinking, like, this is a spinoff of a movie, but how about Fast and the Furious? Yeah, channeling Paul Walker. I don't, come on, Jeremy, react! He's yes. just shaking well, his head like, really? Well, no, I'm just trying to think if I like it or not. I don't know. Uh, at Spencer King, one of our production assistants, to get our attention, he's right next to me, but to get our attention, he tweeted, uh, all day in the Bay. Yeah, well, that was certainly last night. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> I, I like Boom Shakalaka. Of course That's pretty you do. Good. Boom Shakalaka! You start the preseason <laughs> with that event, and then uh, you, you roll it out, so... Boom shakalaka. By the way, BYU plays Friday, their next basketball game, Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio against Mount St. Mary's. Did did you catch who that was? Mount Mount St. Mary's. Mary's. (laughs) It's not St. Mary's College. It's Mount St. Mary's. My my stomach hurts. I've laughed a lot today. This this has been a great show. You know what you need? You need bacon, my friend. Big thanks to Blaine Fowler, Mike Haig, Nate Austin. And everyone on our crew, producer Ben Bagley, senior coordinating producer Michael Miner, station manager Don Chaline, production assistants Alan Miller and Spencer King, who tweets at us, and our engineer Aaron Evans. BYU Stanford Instant Classic Hoops on BYU TV tonight, 10 p.m. Mountain. Midnight madness for the East Coasters. Check out our new BYU Sports Nation Facebook page as well. You can like and comment all you want. Listen to episodes of the show on demand at BYURadio.org. I promise you won't be disappointed. For Jerem Jordan, I'm Spencer Linton. Time to eat bacon. You have just listened to BYU Sports Nation.